This is what I do know, though. Once I get into the flow of the Holy Ghost, I'm all right. So uh, I'm going to be all right. I'm just I'm pacing and just trying to see uh, what God is going to say to us. But I do want to thank the Lord uh, again for your pastor. I consider him uh, to be a friend and a brother. And uh, there are a lot of people who connect with others uh, for things that they can get out of them. And uh, I, I, I didn't connect with your pastor to get something from him. I just appreciate uh, him for being him. Uh, and so we, uh, we have a good time. We laugh. We pray together. We uh, do all sorts of things. And I definitely highly to be friends and bless one another. They have come over uh, to minister for Faith Central Church. And I've been blessed to come over here uh, and minister the word. Uh, so I thank the Lord for that because you didn't have to uh, do that. I want to make a couple of uh, infomercials, if I can. Uh, one of them I told him about. The other I did not. So we're going to see how it goes. So let's make that one first. Uh, if you all uh, uh, go to movies. Uh, we, uh, our church has rented out uh, the AMC Southfield next Saturday uh, theater uh, to see the movie Breakthrough. It is the movie about um, the woman whose son goes underwater and he, he's uh, uh, dead for about an hour, but she prayed and he uh, came back to life. And so we need every movie lover and every lover of prayer uh, who wants to join us. You can join us at 2 o'clock on uh, April 20th. It's the Saturday of Resurrection Weekend. So uh, Sister Jenny Hudgens, if you could just w wave your hand. Uh, that is our women's leader at our church, and so she is. Uh, she can give you all the information you need to know uh, what the tickets are, but the ticket price includes uh, the movie, popcorn, and a drink. And so you'll be in a room full of people who love God and love prayer and love movies. I just look forward to next Saturday. I hope people are praying and speaking in tongues and dancing and all that kind of stuff. We're going to have that whole theater. It will not be the same after 2 o'clock. I don't know what other shows are showing in there after the 2 o'clock show, but it's going to be totally different. So we're looking forward to that. But the task at hand on this evening is that I, I am blessed that my brother let me come by on what my third stop uh, of many over the next uh, three months or so. And I have been blessed since I was last with you uh, to write a book entitled The Encouragement Encyclopedia. Praise God. That's a good time to praise the Lord because we rejoice with those who rejoice. So I, I am grateful to God uh, that he let me, that the Lord allowed me to do this. And so it is a, an assorted collection of powerful yet practical prompts, prayers, and points that promote purpose uh, for the reader. And so uh, well, these will be on sale tonight. I leave with any books. Me having books at home is not helping people uh, in their purpose. And so I'm not here selling books. I'm here pushing purpose tonight. That's, that's the thing. And so I want to make sure uh, that everyone who can, that you leave with a book or two uh, to be a blessing to others. All right, let's go to work. Jeremiah chapter number one. <coughs> Jeremiah chapter 1. So what I'm doing is, is that I'm going around places and I'm ministering to people uh, about purpose. And so uh, I, I, this is what I want you to do. Uh, Sunday, uh, and I shared with them that they had a game changer in front of them uh, as it relates to faith. I want I want to leave tired tonight. I told you that I'm already tired. I want you to pull on the anointing tonight. I'm kind of telling you, uh, kind of, you you'll get more from it if you pull on the anointing. I'm gonna flow in the Holy Ghost. I have prepared notes and all that kind of stuff. But I want your faith to be on steroids tonight when I leave here. Glory to God. I want your faith to be on steroids. Somebody gonna say Amen back to me in just a moment. Thank you. Uh, I want your faith to be on steroids. I want you to know that you thing that God has called you to do and dreams and desires. We're getting cobwebs off of dreams tonight, uh, and and we're getting spider webs off of desires tonight and things that you put on the back burner. If I've done my job right, by the time that I'm finished tonight, you're gonna be ready to conquer the world. So so let's go to work. Jeremiah chapter number one. Uh, we find a familiar story, uh, and I guess I'll stand still for a moment. Jeremiah chapter number 1, verses 4 uh, through 8. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. The King James Version to me saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth uh, out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, thee thou shalt speak. Verse number eight, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, 
saith the Lord. One of the things that I think is misplaced uh, in, in humanity, but especially the body of Christ, is that of purpose. I think that there are a lot of things that, that we could talk about. I think that sanctification is extremely important. I think justification is important. I think purification is important. I think holiness uh, is important. I think that the Holy Ghost is important. But I think that purpose uh, is important as well. And I almost think that purpose kind of outranks them all because purpose has to do with your identity and your authority. If you're taking notes, I think that's a good place to take it. Uh, purpose has to do with your identity and your authority. You will not properly uh, function in the power that you are authorized to function in without knowing who you are. Notice how when we get police officers that they first go through police academy because they go through police academy not to learn their authority. They go through police academy to learn their identity and then they are uh, affirmed in public and authorized and given a badge and given handcuffs and given a gun because if we give you authority without giving you identity, then we'll come across as being irresponsible. So it is then, I believe that uh, some of us, uh, some of us not necessarily in this room, but some people in the body of Christ, they live beneath their privilege because they don't know their identity and their authority. They do not know what they are entitled to because of who they are. So I'll tell it to you this way. When I was in undergrad at Morehouse, uh, they made a statement to me that made me kind of upset. And the statement was that if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. And I was insulted by that for about 20 seconds because uh, I had to think about what we don't really read anyway. So, so this is what God shared with me a few years later, that if you want to hide something from a believer, put it in the Bible because we don't read it anyway. And so my, I have made up my mind then that I'm going to get the word of God across to people so that they will know their purpose and that they will know their identity and that they will know their authority. If you believe anything that I've said thus far, somebody say amen. All right, so let, let, let's get into this. I want to uh, start off with a quote. I love this quote. It was um, a quote by Ella's uh, inaugural address, and it is, and I quote, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant? gorgeous, talented, fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so other people won't feel in insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in us, it is in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others, end quote. In essence, when you know your purpose, when you live in the fullness of your identity and your authority, then uh, there is no room to fear. So, so the, uh, the, the scripture says that we walk by faith, not by sight. And, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For him who comes to God must believe that he is and that he assures. And my problem is not with our memorization. My problem is with our manifestation. I think I'll say that again. My problem is not with our memorization of faith scriptures. My problem is with our manifestation of faith and fruit that goes along with it. So let me give you a definition of purpose so we can work Jeremiah chapter number one. Purpose by my definition is a divine and deliberate plan or a divine, godly, and deliberate plan that goes through processes that are intended to produce particular results and have maximum impact 
and the lives of all affected by it. Let me go back through that. That purpose is a divine and deliberate plan that goes through processes that we are tested and approved. You don't just sit in heavenly places. God didn't just save you uh, just because he had nothing better to do. You've been through something. You've been through something. And so since you've been through something, you are now qualified to be who you are. Because you've been through something, your identity was drained, uh, drilled in you, but now you are authorized, you're qualified, you have been tested and approved to have maximum impact. That means wherever you are, let me share it this way, that wherever you are, you can be one of two things in any environment. You can be the thermostat or you can be the thermometer. And very oftentimes, we spend our time being the thermometer. I'll prove it to you. Because we ask, oh, what's going on at work? And we start listing all sorts of stuff. And what happened? What's happening at church? And we start listing all sorts of things. And so a thermometer simply tells the temperature. But it is the thermostat that sets the temperature. And when we stop reading the atmosphere, I wish I had some. I would sew under that myself if I was at home. When we stop reading the atmosphere and we start setting it, that is a manifestation of purpose. Purpose, another definition of purpose, is the problem that you there is a problem on this earth that you were designed and assigned to solve. And you got to find out what that problem is so you can spend the rest of your life doing that. Let me, let me, let me go a little bit. Little bit. I, I got to massage your consciences before I get to Jeremiah chapter 1. So let me go a little bit deeper. May I, may I submit to you that you are rewarded for the problems you solve. Let me say it again, that you're rewarded for the problem you solve for others, not the ones you cause for others. And the greater the problem you solve, the greater the reward. A secretary solves a problem, and so does an attorney. An attorney is paid more, not because the secretary is not important. The attorney solves larger problems. So may I submit to you that anybody who is asking for promotion, it is not going to come in the form of a blessing. It is going to come in the form of a problem. Woo it is going to come in the form of a problem. And I do not want you to rebuke the problem because the problem is the bridge to the promotion. Your problems realize something that we don't. The reason why you're surrounded by so many problems is because your problems recognize that you're the solution even when you don't. So when you're asking God, oh my God, why am I surrounded with so many problems? And when I fix one thing, your problem has the revelation. They are looking at you, not trying to attack you, but they recognize you are the solution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so it is then that, that you got to know that you were born on purpose with purpose, for a purpose. You were born on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. So I want to give you uh, tonight seven PowerPoints that promote purpose. Seven PowerPoints that promote purpose. Uh, if we act like the honors class, uh, I'll get through them uh, quickly. Seven, seven PowerPoints that promote purpose. Uh, PowerPoint number one is that everything starts with a word. Everything starts with a word. I'm in Jeremiah chapter one, verse four, and the Bible says, and the word of the Lord uh, came to, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, uh, everything, everything starts with a word. This, this Bible class, right? So can I walk the Bible for a second? Uh, the Bible says uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number three, that we understand that through faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which do appear uh, appear only because of the word that spoke into things that did not appear. Uh, in, in Genesis chapter number one, the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was void and without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And, and I want to, oh God, I want to share with you that the scripture says, in, and what was before the beginning was God. And, and we know that because the Bible says that from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. So if there was an in the beginning, there had to be something that was outside of it. 
and there was nothing that was outside of God. It was just God. So the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. The earth was void and without form, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. The, the, the earth was void. Uh, it, it was void of order. It was without form. It was void of order. It was not void of power. It was void of order. And the Bible says that, that darkness was upon the face of the earth. So before God can start moving anything around, the first thing he needed to do to get rid of darkness was to shine light. Right, class? So the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. But I got to make sure, I know y'all are a good Bible, uh, Bible taught church, so I can just share this for free. You got to understand that on day one, the light that God created was not the light of the sun, the moon, and the stars. The light from day one was the light of revelation. Come on, Holy Ghost. It was the light of revelation because the Bible says in Psalm 119 that the entrance of thy word, Lord, gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So whatever, we say it this way at our church that whatever is revealed to you belongs to you. The reason why we haven't gotten a hold of some things is because they have not been revealed to us, but everything starts with the word. My job tonight is to pump you with so much to walk out of here saying nothing really is too impossible for God because everything starts with a word. When God wanted things in creation, he spoke, the, he did not send angels to move them. He spoke a word. Let me, let me tell you the use of angels. The angels, when I tell you that everything hinges on a word, even angels get involved. Verse number 20. Psalm 103, verse number 20. We say this a lot at our church. Uh, we, we got a T-shirt that says it. As a matter of fact, it says angels go to work. But, but there is some Bible for that. Psalm 103, verse number 20. The Bible says, bless the Lord, uh, you his angels, uh, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding to the voice of his word. So, so when we said our church angels go to work, what we're really saying is, is that we need the angels of the Lord to do the word, fulfill the word of the Lord to us. So, so we give them so much word at church that we believe that we never want our angels to get tired. We need God to approve overtime for our angels. So our angels will continue to bring the word of the Lord to pass for our lives, whether it has to do with healing, whether it has to do with provision, whether it has to do with manifestation. Uh, we want the angels of the Lord to to do that we don't ever want them to get tired we want God to, to supernaturally impose his strength on them that the angels of the Lord can do the word of the Lord because everything starts and hinges on the word you only need <laughs> you only need one word you need one word from God that can change your whole life Talk to me, Peter. Uh, Peter sees Jesus on the water, and Jesus is like, chill out, it's me. And uh, Peter is like, Lord, if it's you, uh, be it me to come on the water. Now, let me help you, because that's some of us. Some of us are just like Peter, because we know that if God gives us an instruction, we can't go down. We know. You know, Lord, if it's really you, you know, we, uh, another way of saying it is we fleece God. Lord, if it's you, we do Gideon. I'm, I'm going to hop to Gideon, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to Peter in a moment. Lord, if it's you, let the ground be wet and let the wool be dry. All right. So, so, so Peter had gotten the revelation that, Lord, if you give me an instruction, I cannot go down. And what Jesus did was he did not give him an instruction. He gave him an invitation. Let me help you. For everyone who is waiting on an instruction for your next season, God is going to give it to you in the form of an invitation. I feel like running around this church right now. He's going to give it to you in the form of an invitation, and it comes in the form of one word. And Jesus said, one more translation, come on if you're coming. He was looking for an instruction because he knew, notice, Jesus said nothing to the waves, nothing to the sea, nothing to the other boats. He said nothing to the fish. He spoke one word to Peter, come. And then he like just waited for him to respond. Like you can stay there if you want to or you can come on if you're coming. And it is the same thing that God does with us that he gives us a word, and he's like, come. 
that the difference between the word being and becoming, let's, let's look at this, being, B-E-I-N-G, becoming, B-E-C-O-M-I-N-G, the difference between your place of being and your place of becoming is the word come. Is this thing on? A word. Everybody say a word. Number two, PowerPoint number two. Uh, I'm in Jeremiah chapter one. I'm just going to literally work Jeremiah chapter one, verses four through eight. That's it. And then I'm going to be out of your way. I just worked verse number four. Let's work verse number five a little bit. The Bible says, uh, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Uh, before you came forth out of your mother's womb or out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee to be a prophet unto the nations. Let's unpack all that stuff in verse number five. So he said, I knew you. Uh, I knew. Knew in the Hebrew or know in the Hebrew means to approve. Okay. So actuality, you were pre-approved before you ever got here. You, you, were, you were pre-approved. That's why you don't need the validation of anybody else to tell you who you are and who you are not. And I tell it, I tell it to my church this way, that people who know who they are, they never spend time being who they aren't. Let me, let me say it again, that people who know who they are, they never spend time being who they aren't. So the Bible says that before you ever got here, he knew you, he approved you. So point number two is you had a purpose before you ever had a presence. Before you ever got here, you had a purpose. See, the issue is, is that people, they have a presence, and then all of a sudden, uh, we, we got to find purpose, and we got to catch up with purpose. No, 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 no. You had a purpose before you ever had a presence. You were approved or pre-approved for something before you ever had a presence. There was a problem that before you ever had a presence. There was a divine and deliberate plan for your life that birth was just a part of your process, Growing up was just a part of your process. Divorce might have been a part of your process. A layoff might have been a part of your process. Filing bankruptcy might have been a part of your process, but it was just a part. It was for you to go through there and to grow through there, not to live there. So you had a purpose before you ever had a presence. Number three, the Bible says here, I'm still in verse number five, uh, that before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before you came out of your, uh, out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee. Let's go with the word sanctified and ordained, because he formed us. I didn't even deal with the word form, that he fashioned us. It is as though he designed you and he threw away the mold. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he broke the mold with you. See, I got to work this whole thing about I keep backing up from the devil when we should have the devil on the run, but we don't have the devil on the run because we don't know who we are. And when we don't know who we are, we always have somebody whispering to us what we, uh, who we should be. So the devil will bring stuff up. He will, because that's his job. Revelation says he's the accuser of the brethren. That is his job, to be the chief prosecutor. And herein lies the power of your testimony. Everything that the devil is saying about you at some point has been true. Okay, oh, right theologically, because the, the devil is a liar. Just, just stay tuned. At some point, it was true. Now that you have uh, become the righteousness of God in Christ, now everything that he says about you now is a lie. And the issue is, I cannot live in the truth because I'm still listening to the lie. So everything the devil told you that you're doing, you are, let me, let me help for you tonight. You are not what you did. Let me help you. You are not what you did. You are are not what you didn't do. You are who God says that you are. Now you've got to live like it. So you were fashioned. He knew you. He sanctified you. He ordained you. Let me give you some definitions of that then. He sanctified you. In the Hebrew, that means that he equipped or set you apart. He equipped or set you apart. He ordained you means that he called you he commissioned you. He chose you. He called you. He commissioned you. He chose you. So he ordained you. He, he pre-approved you for a job you didn't even know about, that it existed. 
No, no, really. I, no, I'm in the text. Because what was I sanctified and pre-approved and all this kind of stuff for? To be a prophet. Huh? I'm about to mess up the whole meeting, but let me, let me, let me make PowerPoint number three. You can't fit in. Because you were born. Can't fit in because you were born to stand out. Now let's work this text a little bit. Uh, I'm still in verse number five. We only work verses four and five. Are y'all with me thus far? I'm not boring you, am I? All right, let's work verse number five. So, so, so the scripture says that I have sanctified you and ordained you um, to be a prophet. Prophet. Yep. Uh, be a prophet to the nations. All right. Uh, I'm on PowerPoint number four. I'm getting there in a moment. So here is the thing. We know that a prophet in general terms uh, is one of the fivefold ministry gifts. Okay. So let me kind of challenge you, but kind of put your mind at ease at the same time. Uh, nobody needs to go out and get new business cards or change your online status that says you're a prophet. Let not your heart be troubled. I am about to pass the mic until you start prophesying. You cool. You all right for tonight. All right. Uh, but, but prophet, uh, foretells or foretells. A prophet foretells to tell something that happens before or to foretell to give a proceeding word while you are manifesting the word. You need that word to say, hey, you're on the right track or that word to say rerouting, rerouting, you know, th that thing. So the, the prophet is important for that. But here is the thing. A prophet, I think, I believe in this text, I know God was talking to Jeremiah and some people in this room. I think that I think that every every believer who has gotten a word, I believe that you are a prophet too. Let me let, let me help you out. Let me let me help y'all. Prophets have at least two things. Uh, very simple. They have a vision and a voice. They got a vision and a voice. They see and they speak. They got a vision and a voice. They they see and they speak. See see the problem is is because you didn't know you were a prophet. You were speaking what you saw. But but when you understand that you're a prophet, you will see what you say. You don't hear what I'm telling you. When, when guess he spoke it and he saw it. He said it and he saw it. So if you don't like what you see, you got to change what you say. But the problem is, is that we're too busy saying what we see when we should be seeing what we profit. Come on, come on. Because when you know who you are, you never spend time being who you are. PowerPoint number four, PowerPoint number four, God can do more through you than he can ever do for you. Let's work that one. God can do more through you than he can ever do for you. Herein lies the problem. We ask God for stuff like, do stuff for me. Do it for me. Do it for me. We sing the song, do it for me, and then we get indignant with it right now. Y'all know the song. Song is nice. Song is nice. It ain't my favorite song, but the song is nice. I, I know some of y'all, that's y'all mantra. Y'all get up to that song. I get it. I respect that. Uh, let, me, let me help you. Let me help you. So, so God can do more through you than he can ever do for you. Let me give you an example. Uh, if you've ever seen a check, there are three places on that check where your name can go. Your name can go on the paid to the order of line. It can go in the bottom right-hand corner on the signature line, or it can go on the endorsement line on the back. There are three basic places where your name can go on a check. Uh, and I, I used to get up and poured uh, since that time. I would pray stuff like, Lord, you know, whatever's supposed to find me today, uh, don't let it miss me. And uh, let me keep my mouth closed so I won't curse what you're trying to bless me with and all that kind of stuff. And I, I was believing that. And so uh, I kind of matured in my prayer. Uh, and I matured in my prayer. Uh, <laughs> I matured in my prayer that the Bible says it was based off the word. You got to have everything starts with a word. Y'all look great class. That was PowerPoint number one. All right. Everything starts with the word. So I'm reading one day uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Run it over. Shall men give into your bosom. Uh, shall men put on your lap. Shall men put within your reach. That things that were outside of your reach, you ain't got to reach for it. It's going to be put in your, read the word, give. And it, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run it over. Shall men give into your bosom. And the measure that you give out will be the measure that you get in. Well, I learned several things from that. I learned that when I give, then God gives. Well, that, that's easy. Y'all know that, right? I learned that when I give, God gives. What, 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 is the, what 
gift do you get from God? You, you gain insight for vision expansion. When I give, God gives. You gain insight for vision expansion. When I give, God gives. You gain G, insight, I, for vision, V, expansion, E. When I give, God gives. I wish somebody would get this, Lord. Uh, so, so, so it is that the Bible says then that, that, that men should give it to your bosom. So my prayer was, Lord, don't let me miss what people are giving to me and all this kind of stuff, and I want to be in prayer until I got a revelation. And then I started praying, Lord, make me the man. All right, it just went over your head. So, so while you're praying, Lord, let me be in the right position, that's paid to the order to and the endorsement line. But when God makes you the man or the woman, your name is in the bottom right-hand corner. And if your name is in the bottom right-hand corner, what you will understand is that if God is doing it through you, he's already done it for you. He can do it for you, but not necessarily do it through first doing it for you. Woo! So when you recognize that you have been formed, you have been known, you've been sanctified, and you've been ordained to be a prophet, you stop letting life speak to you, and you start speaking to it. Let me, let me move on. I won't mess with you on that one. <laughs> you, you, you start speaking to it. Come on, thermostat. We ain't the thermometer anymore. We're getting rid of every thermometer tonight. Thermostat is a small thing in the room that goes unassuming, that affects everyone in the room. It ain't got to be long to be strong, and you ain't got to be loud for everybody to know you there to be the thermostat. So the Bible says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I sanctified thee and I ordained thee to be a prophet unto the nations. Not only did he give you a job, but he gave you a scope of influence. So for everybody who has gotten a prophetic word, let me help you and give it to you in context. You're going to the nations and you're thinking, I don't have a passport. God is taking you to the nations. Lord, I, I didn't even vote in the last little stand the demographics of your environment. And when you are at work and you have people of other ethnicities, you have now gone to the, you gotta use your platform well. When, when you connect with people through social media uh, in other nations and other nationalities, you gotta use your platform well because you are their prophet to speak what you see power of a thing is in its ability to do what it was designed to do. The power of a thing is in its ability to do what is it was designed to do. So uh, let's go through a couple of few things. So uh, a rubber band, the power of a rubber band uh, is in its ability to do what it was designed to do a rubber band holds stuff. Uh, stuff, okay. I don't know what the stuff is, but a rubber band holds stuff, okay. Uh, so a folding chair, uh, the power of a folding chair is for somebody large or small to be able to sit in the folding chair, all right. Uh, that's not deep, mystical, and spooky. The power of an umbrella uh, is to keep people covered from uh, precipitation or to shield you from the sun. All right, so I, I referenced uh, a rubber band, a folding chair, uh, and an umbrella. So uh, a rubber band uh, holds stuff, and a folding chair holds people, and an umbrella keeps rain or, or other forms of precipitation off of you or shields you uh, from direct exposure to the sun. All right, so uh, a rubber band, a folding chair, uh, and an umbrella have at least one thing in common. Y'all ready? Uh, in order for them to get their maximum use, they've got to be stretched. Okay, so, so, so maybe it is, maybe it is. Ah! 
maximum impact out of you uh, so, so that yeah, the, the power in you will not come out of what's in you is no good to you unless God gets it out of you. Maybe it is that he puts you in environments that he stretches you so that he can get everything that he's put in you out of you because he will not bless you staying inside of you. The power of a thing is in its ability to do what it was designed to do. That's number five. At the beginning, seven PowerPoints that promote purpose. The first one is, is that everything starts with a word. That was from verse number four. The second PowerPoint is, is that you had a purpose before you ever had a presence. That was verse number five. Number three, you can't fit in when you were born to stand out. I love that one. I just, I kind of, I kind of slid right past. I'm, I'm going to keep it moving. I'm just going to repeat them. Uh, you can't fit in <laughs> when you were born to stand is that you, God can do more through you than he can ever do for you. That was verse number five. PowerPoint number five is the power of a thing is in its ability to do what it was designed to do. Let's go now to verse six and verse number seven. I only read through verse number eight. Uh, let's work it, and I'm out of your way. Verse number six, the Bible says, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go with all, thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. So let's unpack that uh, for a moment. So Jeremiah, while God is talking to him, is somewhere between the age of 12 uh, and 21. And we, we know this according to and at the age of 12 and girls 13. So, so Jeremiah is somewhere between the ages of 12 and 21, and God is talking to him about this purpose. Now, let me give you, this is just for free, but let me give you a couple of few checkpoints of a God dream or your God purpose. One, it's always going to be bigger than you. <laughs> yeah, if it's bigger than you, uh, it's probably God. It's always going to cost more than you currently have. All right. Uh, it's always going to cost more than you currently have you to get it done. Let me, but a footnote, but God doesn't want to do it without you. <laughs> okay. It's always going to take more than you to get it done, but God doesn't want to do it without you. If he wanted to do it without you, he wouldn't have put the word in your ear. Okay, uh, I, I can share some simpler things with you. Uh, this is what we tell them uh, at the Faith Dome, that if it is conventional, if it is comfortable, and if it is convenient, it probably ain't God. Right. If it's not any of those things, it's probably God. Okay, so, so, so God is having a conversation with Jeremiah, and now Jeremiah uh, has an opportunity to respond. Catch this to the word of the Lord that God has given him. Okay. So let me say it this way. God makes an announcement. Our job is to come into agreement. Oh, come on, let's unpack it, Lord. All right. Our, our job with the announcement is to come into agreement, not to make a rebuttal. Side footnote. I am convinced that the devil believes the purpose of God for your life more than you do. How dare you say that? I'm coming. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me tell you why I believe that. I believe that because uh, I left my house about six, knew that I was coming. So the devil knew I was coming here, and he was like, okay, well, let's see if he's really going to make it. So I left my house, and I started making my way this way. And then I got here, uh, and then when I grabbed the microphone, this is what the devil did. At that time, he, he sent out a mass text message to all of the workers who work with him because they called an emergency board meeting. And they called an emergency board meeting because they realized that, 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 
that, uh, that, uh, that a foundation of faith uh, and a fountain of faith was about to speak the word of God to people, and they were So he knew that you all were about to hear the word, and your faith was about to grow, and faith only does one thing. It shows up to work. So they knew, the devil knew, that you are about to hear the word of God, and when you hear the word, you're going to work the word because you're going to realize that the word will work for you if you work it. And he called an emergency board meeting because he knew that I was going to say some things to you that were going to challenge you, that were going to stretch you, and that were going to cause you to believe for something at 8 o'clock that you did not believe God for at 6 o'clock. And so he had to call an emergency board meeting to get to sit next to you on your shoulder to whisper in your ear, you know he ain't talking to you. He's talking to everybody but you. You know your credit wouldn't allow you to do that. You know your background won't allow you to do that because your past is too raggedy for you to do that. And you know your mom and them tried to do that and it didn't work for them. You know, 10 other people who tried to do that and it didn't work for them. Why would you, why would it work for you? You're the 11th person. And that's when you have to tell the devil to shut up. I come into agreement with God's announcement for my life because the reason why it hasn't worked who you are, because when you know who you are, you never spend time being who you are not. And God speaks to you and you are now negotiating with God sharing with him why you can't do what he just told you you could do. Come on, Jerry. Come on, Jerry. Verse number five, God told you you were pre-approved. Come on. You were set aside. You were called. You were commissioned. You were chosen. Your hands were lifted. You were dancing in the service. And then when God gave you the mic, Jerry, you like, Lord, that was a great service. But that was a great word, but I got too much debt to do that. I can't do that. I got a husband and three children. I don't have time to do that. Go, go back. That's a whole nother lesson for another day. Not understanding that time is your servant. You are not a slave to it. I don't have time to work that. Uh, but time is your servant. You are not a slave to it. If time is your servant, you tell time what to do. Time doesn't dictate to you. Oh, God, must I go here? Side note, the Bible says in one of the days of creation that he created the sun, the moon, the stars. He created the sun to rule by day, the moon and the stars to rule by night. The sun is the brighter light. The moon and the stars are the lesser light. Then he said he ended the day, and then at the end of creation, he says that he's given man dominion over all that. Time was one of the things he gave us dominion over. So when you understand you have dominion over time and time is your servant, you won't ever say that you're running out of time again. If time has got to slow down for you, it will. I wish if you're going to build your life on anything, please build it on the word. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. So Jerry says, but God, I'm a child. I haven't grown into it yet. But purpose says that, that God has a divine and deliberate plan for your life that goes through processes. Because if you got purpose, you got to have a process. Now, this is just me talking to y'all within the Lord. I don't like the process. No, I don't. My thing is, you know, y'all know, come on, God knows the end from the beginning, the ancient times to now, and my counsel shall stand. Y'all know the scripture. I'm thinking, well, Lord, if you know where you're taking me, what this stuff in the middle? Y'all pray my strength in the Lord for real. I'm like, what in the world? This, this, this mess in the middle. Is that God never wastes anything. And I've learned that whatever is not God-ordained can still be God-used. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me help somebody right there to reaffirm you in faith. Because, Nelson, you don't understand. The reason why I am where I am is because of some decisions that I made. But since then, the wisdom of God has invaded your life. And where you lacked wisdom before and you made a decision, God has now hit your life. So now wisdom becomes a buffer for the consequences. And what was meant to kill you will now bless you because the scripture is true. That all things really do work together. You don't hear me? 
all things really do work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. So whatever is not God-ordained is still God-used because God never wastes anything. I don't have time to take you to the book of Timothy where he talks about the vessels and the vessel of anything. We just come in different varieties. So Jerry says, look, God, I'm a child. And, and, and God says, uh, Jer, don't say that you're a child. I know you're Jerry right now, but I see Jeremiah in you. I see, I see Jeremiah in you. This is just free because y'all are good class. Is that uh, God sees you as a finished product even when you're still in the God. God sees you as a finished product even when you're still in the process. That is good news for us who believe that the process is going to kill us and we having a Fred Sanford moment. Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you. In the middle of that, because what happens is if the last time wasn't the last time, that means God is not through with you yet. Let me say it again, that if the last time was not the last time, that means that God is not through with you yet. So he says, Jer, say not then I'm a child. But I want you to and say whatever I tell you to say, which shares with me about the principle of placement and the principle of proclamation. Let me, let me unpack it. My, my mentor told me this. My mentor told me this. Uh, let me throw in a plug for the book. Make sure you grab the Encouragement Encyclopedia. Uh, so uh, make sure you do not leave this place tonight without the Encouragement Encyclopedia. Well, in the you to move to a place where people are ready to receive what you have to offer. And I listen to him. Now, I'm saying this to you about me, but faith comes by Hearing, all right. So whatever you hear in principle, you can believe for yourself. So he said, I want you, I really want you to move to a place where you can be where people are ready to receive what you have to offer. He said, because here is the thing. You can be in a place where people know what they need and know you have. Okay, come on. Then he said, then he pulled, then he pulled a Nelson on Nelson. He said, and let me give you some Bible. I said, well, look at here, mentor. So, so, so what he said was, he said, you notice how Jesus didn't perform miracles in every place? He only went where people were ready to receive what he had to offer. So God tells Jeremiah, he says, look, dude, you're going to go everywhere I tell you to go. And if I don't tell you to go there, don't go. Because the principle of placement, the promise, Go there. I do not obligate myself to provide for you there. Oh my God, tonight. If I didn't place you there, I don't obligate myself to provide for you there. So he gives him the principle of placement before he gives him the principle of proclamation. He said, I'm not just placing you there to be silent. I'm never putting you in a place where you're supposed to shut up, thermostat. I am never putting you in a place where you're supposed to be silent. You'd be supplying me. Now, let me help you, because for some of us, we think that's going to quote scriptures at work. No, he needs you to be a living epistle to them. Even if you don't have your what would Jesus do T-shirt on. Because <laughs> y'all really, people really don't want to know. That's just a sidebar. People don't really want to know what Jesus would do. Jesus flipped tables. Read the Bible. They really don't want to know what Jesus would do. So he says, he says, look, Jer, um, don't say that I'm a child because uh, I know I got PowerPoint six and seven to give y'all. I'm with you. I'm just I'm setting it up. So he's like, look, man, um, don't, don't say that I am a child because I know, uh, talk to me, David, that I got a king hidden inside of a kid. that I got a savior hidden inside of a newborn. Talk to me, Jesus. <laughs> I, I know that I've got destiny hidden inside of history. I know that. But what I will do, Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12, I will watch over my word 
to perform it. Uh, the, the, the greater context of that is, is that I will hover over, I will brood over, I, I will treat it, I will treat it like a mother hen. I will sit on you. I will sit on you until you're ready to stand up for me. Glory to God. I, I will sit on you until you're ready to stand up for me. I will not let anything or anyone get to you until you're ready to deal with it. And by the time they start talking about you, I'll have you knowing so much of who you are that you won't even respond to them. Because I'm 6'4", but I live by another principle. Giraffes, you will never see a giraffe arguing with a turtle. I'm trying to help you. Google it. You will never see a giraffe arguing with a turtle. First of all, it takes too much effort for the giraffe to turn its neck with all the bones in its neck and to bow down to the level. I'm trying to help you giraffes in the room so you stop acting like turtles. You will stop being, you will stop being giraffes with a turtle mentality thinking, how about you just win? There is nothing that sells success like success. Just keep on winning. Keep on manifesting. PowerPoint number Six, never talk yourself out of what God has talked you into. <laughs> come on. What is our job with the announcement? Is to come into agreement. What is our job? Never talk yourself out of what God has already talked you into. Translation, no more excuses. No, no, <laughs> no more excuses. None. God already told you in verses 4 and 5 of your life who you are and what you're authorized to do. He already gave you identity and authority. He is now giving you an invitation, not an instruction, an invitation. Every instruction of God is packaged in an invitation. He says, feel free to RSVP if you'd like. No, I know I'm telling the truth. Now, theologically, I know I'm sound because he is a God who has a perfect will, yet gives you free will to go along with it or not. Don't have me talk about the five wills. That you have divine will, you have demonic will, you have generational will, you have human will, then you have, you have the divine will of God that's influencing your life. You have demonic will that's influencing your life as well because we are in the earth realm. You have to deal with generational will, and there are some things that you're dealing with not because of your decisions, but things that come through your bloodline. You have human will where God will lay you on somebody's heart, but they may or may not come into agreement with what God said for your life. And then you have free will to connect with one or all of the above-mentioned wills. Power but God has already talked to you into. Verse number eight, last verse, I only read this verse. The Bible says in verse number eight, y'all okay? All right, PowerPoint number uh, seven, but let me read verse number eight. I haven't even given you a topic yet. I'm gonna end with the topic because I think it's just a good way to close. So uh, PowerPoint, uh, verse number eight. The Bible says, be not, after he says, stop saying that I'm a child, uh, go where I tell you to go, say what I tell you to say. He says, <laughs> and by the way, when you get there, be not afraid of their faces. Whether they clap for you or stare at you, be not afraid of their faces. Be not afraid, not just of their physical features, but of their realms of influence because I've already whispered to them to get into alignment with what I sent you to do. Glory to God. Glory to God. Be, be not afraid of your ball. Come like Joseph and become a father to Pharaoh. You don't hear what I'm telling you. you. You'd have to read your Bible in Genesis chapter 45 to know that. They'll come talking to you about stuff, and you like, you make way more money than me, but they don't have the wisdom of God that you have. They don't have the prayer life that you have. They, they know where to go where they, when they're in trouble. He says, don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Catch this. I'm with you to deliver. Come on, we got to understand the word in context. I'm not with you to deliver you in the form of bringing you out, 
Because if I'm going to bring you out, what was the point of the principle of placement? So in the text, the scripture means in the Hebrew, I am with you to defend you. <laughs> so, so in essence, God says, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of yours. Uh-huh. If, you, if you do what you can, I'll do this. That's all I need you to do. And as long as you are connected to purpose, I'll take care of rumors. I'll take care of stuff that was true. I'll forgive you. I'll deal with repentance. I'll deal with restoration. I'll give you provisions. I'll give you protection. I'll preserve you. I'll take care of all that. I don't need you to do that because you can't fight the good fight of faith and fight for you at the same time. My God, let me say that again. You can't fight the good fight of faith and fight for you tonight because you're fighting for you, which means you're not fighting the good fight of faith because they're talking about me. They're looking at me. I know we don't do that. You do. You do. You do. You do. Because we have this, this gross need for validation or approval. May I submit to you that your destiny is not a democratic decision? May I submit to you that God ain't talked to anybody else about coming into agreement about blessing you? Old school church said that God said it and that settles it. We used to believe that. Now we got to get approval from everybody. Look, child, I'm trying to do this. What you think? What you think? You going to give? You going to give? You going to help me out? If not, God will raise up somebody else. Trust me. Side note. Side note. Side note. If it's God's will for your life, then it's God's bill for your life. Let me talk to this side because something's drawing me to this side. If it's God's will for your life, then it's God's bill for your life. You ain't got to be manipulated. Uh, uh. Uh, 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 drug down, you ain't got to turn tricks or any of that kind of stuff to get done what God has purposed to get done in your life. He said, look, don't be afraid of their faces. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to defend you. PowerPoint number seven is you never have to back down when God is backing you up. <laughs> let, let me say it again. You, you never have to back down when God is backing you up. Our time is almost done tonight, uh, but will you indulge me for a moment? We are in church. We are in church. Look at, find somebody and, and tell that somebody with conviction, like for real, for real, like almost with a faith attitude. God didn't choose you. Come on, come on, class. God didn't choose you not to use you. All right, I came tonight, I came tonight after work to tell you, I came to tell you God didn't choose you not to use you. You already have what it takes. You have everything it takes to manifest every word that God has already put inside of you. When you understand that, you will understand that your future is not in front of you, it is within you. Talk to me. You are a seed, and seeds already know its future. It doesn't look outside of itself to grow. It grows from the inside out. You already have what it takes. The seed never seeks validation to be already put its identity inside of it, and it spends the rest of its life cycle growing into the word that God has already spoken over its life. That's the same thing with you. God already told you who you are. He's already told you that you're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You're the lender and not the... I don't care if you're broke right now. The word of the Lord regulates my reality. I am the head and not the tail. So I stop letting my bills speak to me and I speak to my bills that God shall supply all of my needs according I am the lender and not the borrower because that's what God has already said about me. God didn't choose you not to use you. The Bible says, this is my concluding thought, the Bible says that he knows the numbers the names of hairs that are on your head. Those that are unbelievable, he knows them. He knows them. He knows them. But let me, let me not be super spiritual. Let me, let me be biological for a second, just so you know. God, God was so serious about you being here. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You are not happenstance. No matter what they told you, no matter how you got here, 
I'm very passionate about this. Uh, my mother's in the back. I love that lady to pieces. You better understand what I'm telling you. I will slide out of the anointing for Pastor Winston for being here. She serves along with me in ministry. Well, 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 uh, I was conceived. I share this as a victory testimony because she is a wonderful woman of God and a wonderful woman of valor. Uh, but I found out that I was conceived in an adulterous relationship. I was conceived in an adulterous relationship. Look at y'all with that tone of voice like you have never done anything. So I was conceived. Now, this was before my mom knew Jesus and all this kind of stuff. And I had the nerve. I had the nerve to be upset with my mama when she told me that. I was a teenager. I had the nerve, Pastor, to be upset with my mom. And the Holy Ghost checked me so hard. I won't ever forget that as a teenager. He said, first of all, your mom uh, was not saved when she did this. She ain't know me. She wasn't trying to live for me, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, and so you you, you better be glad that I use them uh, to get you here. So, so that, that connects then to us biologically. Do you know that when a man has an experience, he releases 400 million sperm cells and 399 million, 999,999 of them died, but it was yours that linked to the egg to get you. God didn't choose you not to use you. So you living small ain't benefiting anybody. You, you coming down just to make other Feel, people feel comfortable around you isn't benefiting anybody. You got to make up your mind for the rest of your life. You are going to live full and die empty. That you are going to live full and die empty. If there's anybody in the room tonight, you stand and just bless the Lord for your life. Will you just stand and worship him for you tonight because God didn't choose you. Not to use you.